Greetings ladies and mental gents and welcome to today's Reddit quickie video. Taken from the HFY subreddit, the story is called Fire Breather, written by Lostful. The link to the original will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. As Rovik began to wake up, he knew that it was in trouble. His head was in a bag and his arms were bound behind him, and he would have given anything just to sit upright for a moment. He had awakened in what felt and smelled like a cargo hold that he was apparently being drugged out of. He had a vague memory of being half dragged and half carried by a pair of scallon ruffs. As he woke up, he vaguely remembered the clawed hands grabbing him and being thrown into the cargo. What in the was as far as his abuse rattled brain could get before he discovered his snout had been the first point of contact with the floor after being thrown through the hatch. As he spat out blood, he overheard one of the skeleton assailants warn the other. Careful, the boss wanted him in good shape. He felt fear in the pit of his stomach as his knees began to shake. Only one in that region of space was called the boss by his men. Everyone else knew him as the fire breather. You're in deep crap now, you dumbass, Rovik thought to himself, feeling the strain of his shoulders from his arms being bound behind him. He couldn't see where they were going due to the bag over his head, but he knew who awaited him. What could the fire breather possibly want from me? I have never borrowed from him or gotten cross with his men. He thought as he was shoved along, the skeleton race was not known for the smartest, but were easily some of the toughest creatures amongst the sapient races. Even beating out feline-like races like his own, the Crutal in a fair fight. They were rumored to be almost worshipped a fire breather. All he could think of was the stories told around dark lounges. It was said that the fire breather had been abducted with a pre-warp death world, where he was reputed to always have a frame near. He was known as a cunning and ruthlessness, and ensuring his freedom, he managed to even enslave his own slavers and sell them to the Clorex for a banquet that they were planning. He knew that this wasn't helping his state of mind. He felt more fear as he thought, could the fire breather have possibly heard something about the alliance forming against him and think that I am involved? Relax, he told himself. Those were just stories told to scare people. No one is that bad. The stories were too over the top to be real, he had always felt. But as he was practically dragged along, he couldn't help but notice the skeleton seemed dressed in a particular fashion, rather than the tribal markings. He didn't see so much as he felt the cloth on them as they carried between them. His mind briefly flashed over the story that he had heard over the fire breather. He met a fellow Crutal in a bar one night, raving about having met the infamous figure. He had claimed that the fire breather looked like an infant without weapons or claws, except for the feeling of their claws digging into his flesh and the faint tickle of blood they felt coming out from his side. He would have been tempted to ask his captors some questions. The old Crutal had gone on about how dangerous the boss was and how they had underestimated the lower races. He bitterly thought. The next day the old man jumped off the building. Whatever he had seen must have disturbed him greatly. Rovak felt the skin tighten and shiver, not completely born of fear as the cool air washed over him accompanied by the smell of the warrens of the lower Virga station. Even though he couldn't see it, 
He knew the area was dimly lit, and only the most dangerous and desperate residents on the station would linger in this particular area. Knowing few willingly would go into this realm, the pit of his stomach got deeper, the realization sinking like an anchor that there would be no help. Why have the gods turned against me like this? He thought as he felt the skeleton catch the back of his jumpsuit as he began to fall at the sudden appearance of stairs. Rovik knew that these Scallon thought that they were being gentle, but he was pretty sure that he felt his shoulder pop out of the joint as he landed. What do they want with me? Why are they doing this? Is this how they recruit? That was the last thought bringing up a small bit of hope in him. Not every story about the fire breather was bad. He had heard of others who actually benefited if they were willing to get their hands dirty. Perhaps his own recent string of robbery feedings had gotten him noticed and he was going through an initiation. He knew plenty of the gangs that were rumored to have rough initiations. Then a sobering realization hit him. Those gangs were no longer around. All either joining the Firebreather's empire, having tragic accidents, or simply disappearing. The thought that he had been fetched for the most dangerous being on the station was sobering, even though the fog left from what his sore skull told him was a severe whack to his skull. He heard old hinges of metal hatch protest as the load was forced aside, then suddenly felt a chill like the very void of space. His kind was from a hot planet with extreme cold was something that he could never get used to. He could feel the slowing of his mind and feeling like he was in the presence of death personified. How can they snatch me from the street like this? This is like a surreal nightmare, he thought, as his mind began to process just how perilous his situation had become. As he was shoved down into the ice-cold chair, he felt the alloy shackles close over his arms and legs replacing the leather ties. In the cold, his blood slowed such that he was barely struggle. Once secured, one of the skeleton pulled the hood off. Rover blinked in surprise as he sat there and stared mouth agape as the two powerful, warm-blooded reptilian creatures stepped away. They were a terrifying race normally, but they almost looked comical in their pinstriped custom pants, vests, white shirts, and hats. Almost. It was so strange to see them wearing more than bare minimum for survival. They liked to show their tribal markings. This has to be a dream, he said to himself. He jumped up the fog of his mind and suddenly scattered and cleared, and a soft voice with a rasp spoke. The only problem is here. Monsters are real. Even as it was said, he saw a billow of smoke. Looking towards it, he could make out a dark shape. Even the smoke seemed to move away from it as it walked towards him. This is when the smell of something burning mixing with a strong alcoholic drink that he couldn't identify assailed his senses, making his eyes water as he coughed. I hope this is an interview he managed to choke out. A sudden bark of laughter cut him short. He felt the pit of fear return, this time almost bottomless. There was no illusion who was in charge here as a dark shape neared. He could see the smoke appearing to come out of him. He would occasionally lift the burning brown tube to his mouth and draw in more smoke. And here starts the interrogation, the Rovic thought, as the fire breather neared. Rovic couldn't help but notice the immaculate elaborate suit that he wore, hat down to what appeared to be leather shoes. This creature didn't look dangerous, as he thought, as he noted the soft skin and short stature. 
no prominent eyes, jaw, or other facial features. He almost felt a touch of hope. If Vine could just get a hold of him. He almost jumped out of his skin when the small alien in front of him sent out a cloud of white smoke out of his mouth, lifting a glass holding something of amber liquid that smelled like fuel. The cold was affecting him. It looked as if the creature was sucking in the fire as the angry red cherry and it became brighter. Gentlemen, today we have a learning opportunity. The fire breather began, and the robic surprise, I normally don't involve myself in the business of others until they can involve to mine. Then, well, they've made their business mine. It was obvious that he was addressing his associates. Fire breather, I, I mean sir, he started as he mentally cursed himself for not knowing how to speak to such a terrifying creature. What if I... He started as the individual held up a hand, lifting a single digit and moving it with an unmistakably meant silence. It was a simple gesture, almost comical from one so small. Yet something in those forward-facing blue-gray orbs the fire-breather seemed to use to take a measure of him suddenly made him hope that he had managed to keep the worst of his fears from his voice. He didn't know the race, but considering the fire-breather was feared through the entire region, made him not want to. As he watched another cloud of smoke coming from the creature, he couldn't help but wonder how could it be possible to hold a fire like that and drink fuel and yet survive. As the smoke came out, he could smell the unmistakable scent of a strong ethanol on it. Rovik tried to remember all he could about the creature standing in front of him, just looking at him. All he could remember was the reputed temper and cruelty that he could display. You see... Never forget that we run a business here. There are rules and etiquette to how we behave. Otherwise, we are no better than beasts. The apparition in front of him continued. Again, silence and a cloud of smoke as the creature walked near enough to be noticed faint scars covering one side of his face. He also noticed a walking pole tucked under one arm. It was brightly polished alloy with a top shaped like a skull of some creature that he didn't recognize on top of it. The rod looked solid and heavy, much like the rest of his garb was completely strange to him. His grey outfit hardly seemed practical. It would have almost been funny if it were not for the situation he was. Rovik found that he couldn't look away from the cold orbs of smoke wafting around the creature's form, giving the demon a more hellish look. It struck him how much the fire breather looked like the demons his people had once feared. A creature his kind claimed to live in volcanoes on the worlds. For the first time in years, he heard his mother's cold, harsh voice in the back of his fear-fogged brain. If you do evil, they will come for you. His thoughts were again shattered by the harsh, gravel voice as it asked a figure that he didn't notice before. Kestrel, are you sure that this is the one? He heard the gravelly voice in the scarred figure opposite him rumbled. The name sounded so familiar, like he had heard it recently. He found himself trying to remember where he had heard it as the figure walked up next to the fire breather. It was a kid, one of those stinking little gutter rats. This one looked like he had lived there based on the clothing and the matted hair. Their species was officially the Noretta, but he had a strong resemblance to the rodents of all planets seemed to have. There are no better than a pest that they appear to be, he found himself thinking as he sat helplessly in that chair, restrained. He found it easier to stare at the gutter rat than the dark, menacing figure before him. Yes, 
I'm sure. I will never forget him. He killed and ate them in front of me, the young Loretta said, drawing RDSs before the racial trait brought on by the misshapen faces. Rovek had killed hundreds of them for food. This one was starting to seem more familiar. His markings almost like a meal that he had a few days ago. There was almost no protection for the lesser species, and his father was important, so he fed with impunity. He suddenly felt sick. Oh crap, this is over a meal. They are just gutter rats, Rovik snarled, turning his attention towards the gutter rat. Upon seeing the young one flinch, a thought occurred to him. Maybe he could turn the tables on his captors. I think I remember your parents begging me and whimpering. I saved their fear. I left that meal with a hoard that I had hidden away in my full belly. Rovik snarled, clearly enjoying the fear and pain that he was inflicting on the young gutter rat. You can take comfort in that they had tasted good. As well as you gutter rats can, he sneered. From the corner of his eyes he caught a look from the scarlet that, that had brought his verbal assault to a sudden stop as the ground stopped those who fell from a building. It was a look of pity. He never saw the movement that brought the rod down across his arm, but he felt all three of the bones within shatter. He let out a scream and turned into an instinctual growl. His assailant met his eyes, those cold eyes looking more grey than blue. They were as dead as the pain he had been in with his meals. As the fire breather took off his jacket, a metal rolling table was brought up. Rovik watched in horror as he straightened his tools. That, gentlemen, is an example of poor etiquette. It is an unnecessary rudeness. We are here because of business. Speaking to no one in particular, the fire breather started to talk. It's amazing how even the depths of space, beings who have conquered and boundaries of the planet still act like wild animals. You would think that we would be a bit more civilized. The emphasis leaving it dripping with venom. Turning towards the Gunteract, Rovik suddenly had an understanding of his prey that he never expected to. Though the fire breather addressed the boy, his eyes never left his prey. It is okay, Crystal. Your parents paid for me for protection. This one brought me to shame in the most uncivil way. Some creatures only understand violence. Are you sure you want to move forward with this? If you do, there is no road out. Rovik had a sick feeling and the young gutter rat nodded. I am, boss. At that, the fire breather nodded, picking up a wooden club, oddly shaped and obviously custom made, handing it over to the young gutter rat. He had no idea what a Louisville slugger was, but the name engraved on the club did little for Rovik's sudden distress. Distress that cost him control over his bowels as he heard, Very well, avenge your parents, son. Rovik watched in horror as the young gutter rat took the club and first stared at it. When the gutter rat looked up, the fire breather smiled and showed those omnivorous teeth. We take care of our family here, son. Consider this your last goodbye to your kind and good parents. And if you want, you can stay with me. But we may have work for you. Now, we only have an hour until I have to leave for an engagement. So, let's show this community what happens when you break the rules. One desperate gambit Rovik found himself playing. He begged, You can't do this, he started. I have diplomatic status on the station from my race. 
He didn't even realize that he was starting to play it, but he was hoping that the strange father's position on the council would be enough to sway the monster. No, monsters before him. The fire breather looked back at him again and let a smile cross his face that never seemed to reach those cold eyes. As he began to talk, one of the skeleton came up with a chair and another rolled set of leaves. The smile was that of a predator for its prey. Meat! I would normally say I hope you enjoyed your last meal. Now might even be a good time to throw out the ever-famous Say hello to my little friend. But this isn't anything personal. It's just business. That meal, you called it, was under my protection. And you disgraced me, insulting my word of protection. And it cost this young man his family. The monster said as he took the long pull from the amber liquid in the glass and moved it towards his chair. The Rovic suddenly felt his fur stand on end as he watched the smoke come out of the creature's nose and mouth. He had been so distracted, he almost didn't see this blow that shattered the bones in his other arm landing. Hours later, the bloodied form of a cat-like alien was limp in the chair, only to slow rise and fall of his chest as proof that he lived. The rat, like Noretta, was treated as food and slaves. They had been deeply wronged. Just like the skeleton who were treated as simpletons, these society had even more messed up than back home. These races had cared for him after his abduction, and their sharp minds and eyes were essential to avoid the dangers of this region. Not to mention, they were able to craft and scavenge almost anything he wanted. They did not deserve the treatment that other races lumped upon them. Scott didn't care. He had long since decided that it was all a dream, and if he was going to play a role, it would be from the Godfather. Kistrel looked tired and, as Scott looked at the custom-made watch, he realized that it was almost out of time. He had a hard time adjusting to the twenty-time unit of some kind of station used. He had some of the Norette who made his toys about as he missed his watch. They had surprised him with this one as a gift. So Scott took another sip of the whiskey that he'd managed to finally have produced. It was a solid as high-end personal equipment fuel, but he had craved the taste. The cigars had been even harder to find. Kid shows a lot of potential, and it would be ironic to send the rat after a rat. He mentally chuckled. Looking back at the bloody lump on matted hair in the chair, he realized with a touch of disgust how some of it had splashed onto his shoes. Walking over to Kistrel, he said with a smile, Good job, son, and welcome to the family. We will wrap up here. You go to the house and get cleaned up, and some proper clothing. I'm sure Vinny's sister will have something for you to eat, too. He noted with approval the look of the admiration from the young boy laid upon him. He had given him something that no one else could, his dignity back and closure on a painful chapter of his life. Barter Scott hated this. This is truly unnecessary if these barbarians would just understand and follow the rules, he bitterly thought as he walked back over to the table. Picking up a small shotgun, or at least the approximation his men had made, they had struggled with the idea of a weapon that fired a blast of little pieces, as opposed to a bolt of plasma or energy. He crushed out the cigar as he raised the weapon up to rest against his shoulder. Turning back towards the quivering mass still held in the chair by more broken bones than anyone cared to ask, he was surprised to see that it had regained consciousness. Please! It was all Sack of Meat managed to say 
Vor Scott fired his plasma shotgun into its chest. In some ways, the hybrid weapon was truly a thing of beauty. He had to admit that the blue and yellow flames enveloped the now still body. Turning back to the table, he began to put everything back in place. He carefully inspected himself to ensure that he didn't get any on him after he wiped his shoes clean with a rag. As the body still smoldered, he looked towards the raptor-like aliens. Vinny, would you mind dealing with the mess and help your sister get this young man cleaned up? Make sure people know what he did. Also, spread word on those who are under my protection. If we have a repeat, it'll be most uncivil. Smoke still wafted from the burnt meat, some broken bones showing where the flesh was eaten away. Yes, boss, Vinny replied. It wasn't his real name, but he'd embraced it along with the ceremony Scott had held when making Vinny a made man. Brack, would you bring the car around? We have an appointment with the head of the port. I've gotten a note that our ruse worked, and we have them all in a cargo day discussing us. Time to vent the trash. It would be rude for us to be late. Scott continued softly. He liked the skeleton, they looked like raptors, and had far more intelligence than the other races gave them credit for. He still found it amazing how, despite not being the biggest or strongest, they followed him. It appeared only humans knew how to run criminal businesses, he thought as he lifted up a fresh scar. He still chuckled as the aliens called him the fire breather. He had tried to explain that he only breathed in the smoke, but they kept pointing at how much smoke he exhaled. He eventually decided that it wasn't worth fighting. Well, at least he would show them how to be civil if he removed the competition. Scott thought wistfully as he headed towards the vehicle. He had to admit, with the way the aliens ran things, business was good. End of story. If you wish to support the author or the channel, all the relevant links are down below. But the easiest way would be to share this like a plague to everyone and anything that you can think of. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good time, and I'll see you then. Cheers.